Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing SNL's quarantined season 45 finale with host Kristen Wiig and musical guests, Boys to Men, featuring Babyface. I'm Catherine Coleman, and with me this week are Canadian heartthrob Steve Finn and John Murray. If you'd like to connect with any of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy the following selected highlights from this week's discussion. And if you'd like to hear our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, it's available exclusively for our patrons at patreon.com slash snlpodcast. It's our patrons who make the cast possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash snlpodcast. All right, here we go. So up top, a quick public service announcement. If you're itching for more SNL-related content to get you through the remainder of this quarantine, there's a special thing coming your way courtesy of the Live from New York subreddit. It is the Saturday Night Live subreddit. I know I'm a Redditor there. I believe John checks in from time to time. And we have made our own at-home episode of SNL. At the time we got started, we weren't sure if SNL was going to continue for the season. There weren't any at-home episodes yet, but now it's done. We've got some SNL at homes to compete with, and we'll (laughs) see how we stack up. And this is going to be airing next Saturday, May 16th. It's going to be on YouTube. Hasn't been announced what channel to tune into or what time, but you can check out reddit.com slash r slash live from New York, and there's a sticky thread up there that'll be updated with more details. I know I have some stuff in there I submitted, and I'm really excited for people to see it. Very good. Oh, so are you able to give us a little uh, amuse-bouche? Are you able to divulge anything that either you're producing for the show or maybe that you've just kind of seen in passing without, you know, giving away right. anything too significant? Why don't you reenact the entire show <laughs> yes. for us right now? What are, we, what are we in for? Yeah, I haven't seen uh, any of the other stuff that's going to be in the show. I know there was a Daily Beast article about it that included my sketch along with a few others. Mm-hmm. I resisted watching the others to keep the surprise of the full live episode. But I'll tell you a little bit about mine. I wrote a sketch. I performed it. I directed it. I did everything because that's how quarantine goes. <laughs> and the idea came to me sort of back at the beginning of Corona. We were getting all those emails from CEOs. And you really only needed to hear from like Delta but you were actually <laughs> sure. hearing from MySpace yep. and you're like, you're a website. We don't need to hear from you. So <laughs> I kind of took that and I wrote a sketch that was old Navy CEO addressing what they were doing to prevent mm-hmm. the spread of coronavirus. And uh, turns out it wasn't much in my <laughs> mind. So yeah, that's what I have going in there. That's a good idea. Thank you. Sounds like a lot of fun. I, uh, I hope that it all comes together marvelously, but you said there's no, official YouTube channel that you can point people to yet. They have to go to Reddit and look for some sticky content to find out, you know, when the, the actual launch time is right. To my knowledge, the guy that's in charge of it, the moderator hasn't said officially, this is where it's going to be. Okay. But there will be an announcement there. No doubt. All right. Well, we will wait with bated breath. I, I will be tuning in. We don't have any new SNL next week. So yeah, this'll, this'll get us by in a pinch. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the reviews are favorable and the sketch of the night goes to me. Yeah, we'll be brutal. We're not going to hold back. If there's critiques to be made, we will, we will critique. Yeah. So uh, before we get into the meat of the episode, John, I believe you have some patron things to give us. Yeah, yeah. We had one new patron come on board. So I'd love to 
give a shout out to Luke from England. Uh, we appreciate his support and all of our friends across the pond. We, we have a, a sizable number of people that listen overseas. And it, it always amazes me when uh, we get a, a listener or a stat from like Estonia or Liechtenstein <laughs> or, you know, some of the other places that you wouldn't assume anyone cares about SNL or tuning in for some <laughs> reason. Yeah. Overseas. There's, there's a lot of people that tune into the show and in particular, our friends from Great Britain are always welcome and we appreciate their support. So thank you so much, Luke. Awesome. A Mother's Day monologue from Kristen Wig. Steve, did you enjoy having a monologue again? It was definitely missed last episode. It was so noticeable not to have that little segment in there. Now, this was certainly not your usual monologue. It was kind of a glorified sketch in, in many senses, but I really enjoyed it. It's not unusual to see a dense number show up in a monologue, but to kind of lead with it, that might be new territory. And Kristen was just so great. She uh, obviously came out with a bang, really had that Liza Minnelli turns on a lamp uh, kind of sensibility about it. But I got to say, this was pretty subtle for a Kristen Wiig bit. Her most vocal critics would say that she's very in your face and almost overbearing stuff like Target Girl, etc. But I think this shows that she can just lie down on the floor, light some candles and, you know. <laughs> really draw some comedy with some more low energy stuff with the exception of maybe belting out a show tune lullaby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm happy to see Kristen Wiig on my screen almost any time. And one thing that I thought as soon as she appeared was, Oh no, this is a host that even remotely we might get some more involvement from. This is someone Mm. who's more capable, more knowledgeable and able to maybe do some more of that stuff. So I was excited to see if that might be what we ended up getting, because we've had these sort of quasi hosts for the past two at homes. So I was really hopeful. And, you know, I'm happy to say we did get a couple host appearances throughout the show in there. And so that was sort of my main takeaway from it is I was just happy to see Kristen. Yeah, this show definitely is trying to pull in as much SNL tradition as possible. It's the one that feels the most structured. And she's the one that I think, yeah, like you said, not a quasi host. I think she genuinely qualifies as hosting an episode of SNL (laughs) because it wasn't just, you know, the cold open like Brad Pitt or the monologue with Tom Hanks. So I, I think, yeah, she definitely qualifies in that regard. Kristen Wiig absolutely qualifies, no matter what, always and forever. <laughs> Deidre and Ripley Zoom with their friends after returning from Quarantina in Italy with a cameo from Martin Short. Steve, did this one work for you? You know what? Absolutely. I think we're on number three of these iterations. This is probably the first one where I came in thinking, okay, I could see Martin Short doing this. Otherwise, I was kind of surprised at how well Seth Meyers did it and how well uh, James McAvoy did it because you don't really see that side of them that much, but we've really gotten to know that bougie side of Martin (laughs) Short over the years. Like This is totally his jam, so it makes total sense to have him paired with Heidi Gardner in this sketch. and I. Happened to be brushing up on my Italian and <laughs> yeah, I'm in a unique position to like notice just how much bad Italian was in this and how much <laughs> bastardized, just, you know, converted English words with a Tino or a, or a <laughs> Isima on the end of words. It, it really shows just how out of the loop they are. And yeah, there's more to, <laughs> 
there's more to taking in a culture than just bastardizing the language and putting on a fake accent. <laughs> nah. John, how'd you feel about it? I thought it was a lot of fun too. Martin Short is always a win. I mean, that, that guy can just perform. You 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 watch him on this and he's he's just milking every second of screen time that he's got and his face just does so much work <laughs> and he's just a joy to watch. And I know that Heidi really enjoyed being able to play off him and, and do this sketch. Uh, that was like a bucket list item for her. So I know that she was really invested and she was bringing her all to it too. And they, they're each throwing out a handful of different, uh, really terrible, insulting cultural, uh, effects throughout this. And it was kind of neat to just see her kind of keeping pace with Martin short. And I know they were having a blast and that's always fun to watch. So even though this is kind of maybe a, a bit of a tired vehicle, I felt like the performances more than carried it regardless. When the first one happened with Seth Meyers, I thought it was a fun sketch. It didn't immediately strike me as this will recur several right. times, but I'm happy it has, surprisingly. Each time I feel like it gets a little better and I, I enjoy it a little more. And as things start recurring, they become their own joke, right? Mm -hmm. So just seeing it becomes kind of the funny thing, unless they do it too much, of course. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a Gemma. You know how right. you can always swap in a new boyfriend and you kind of right. know the ride that you're getting, but it's still amusing. There's, there's enough little beats along the way that are worth revisiting this, this worked for that. And also it told a bit more of a story, right? Like they, they unfold a bit more of a mm -hmm. dark narrative, you know, with the Somali pirates and, uh, yeah, just them being totally oblivious to the idea that quarantine is, is not like, you know, Italian Mardi Gras or whatever. Sounds like thumbs up all around. <laughs> up next, a public service announcement. Let the kids drink. Cameos from Josh Gad slash Olaf, Pete's mom, and tons of kid friends of the show, which was really cute. <laughs> Steve, what did you think of this one? Well, I think that this was definitely thought up by one of the parents of the show, for sure. <laughs> and probably something super relatable. Something that a lot of parents wish they could do. Something they wish was appropriate. And I think that's why we can all laugh at this, because it's probably an easy out that we've all had cross our minds <laughs> and it's just that forbidden that we can kind of imagine it and laugh at it from afar so this works really well yeah having all these uh these young friends of the show showing up with their little <laughs> mocktails at least i hope <laughs> yeah especially that one small child who's just completely passed out with a bottle <laughs> propped yes. under their arm that was probably my favorite shot of the of the whole sketch <laughs> Yeah, I was really happy to see that they did that and got involved. And as I was watching it, I was wondering to myself if these were, you know, family friends. And I saw on Instagram a few people kind of referencing that. I think they mm -hmm. sort of reached out and got some people. I think that's really cute. And that's great. This was certainly a fun, light sketch. And they really went all in on it. They got <laughs> they collected all those clips. They had the choir coming in. They had tons of people singing harmonies. And I really appreciated that. I thought this was really, really fun. I enjoyed it. Chris especially stood out to me with his little ad libs poking in there. Right. It's very on brand for him and very hilarious. I'm most curious to hear from John, our resident dad, <laughs> on how much your kids have had to drink today. <laughs> uh, you know, fortunately, we've uh, cooler heads have prevailed and we haven't had to go down that <laughs> avenue. Uh, but jokes have been made. There, a day hasn't passed, I'm sure, in the last two weeks when I haven't made the, hey, we've got some brandy. We can, we can get these kids <laughs> to sleep right now if we really want to. Um, Yes, there's truth here, obviously, for all the parents out there. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of nodding heads, uh, a lot of people that were relating to this, and myself and my wife among them. So good subject matter appropriate for this type of show. So high marks right out of the gate. Um, 
it was so much fun to know that, you know, all the cast members and the writers, they're just texting family members and saying, okay, here's the gag, you know, just get Skippy, get some beer and just whatever footage you can get in the next four hours, just send Mm -hmm. it to me and we're going to try and work it into the show. Beck, get in the shed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That, that kind of like gorilla filmmaking. You know, Mm -hmm. like, let's just work with what we got. I've got a sister. She's got a five-year-old who'd be perfect. I'll give him a call right now. Pulling that kind of stuff in. Mm -hmm. uh, It it just, you know, it gives it a bit more life when you can kind of just picture how this sort of stuff comes together. The one thing that I will say when I was watching the sketch, I thought I knew where it was going because Mm -hmm. you have the scene of the parents saying, yeah, you know what? It's cool. Let's, let's let the kids drink. And then you've got these little bubbles that keep popping up with Chris Red, where he's like the hype man. And he's like, you know, backing them up. I thought what was going to happen is as they were going through it, he's going to hear them say more and more extreme things and he's going to be less and less on board with it. So he's going to be that voice of reason, you know, that one mm-hmm. same person in a escalating insane situation who's going to have to try and distance himself, but still kind of be on beat with it. Right. Cause we're in the midst mm-hmm. of a song. So you got to find this melodic way of protesting against what everyone else is doing. I thought they were going to shoot a little higher and they were going to have that worked in when they established him as kind of the, Mm -hmm. the back and forth guy. We didn't quite get to those heights, but I kind of understand that too. We've got format limitations and really this is living in the edit, right? Like this is something that really comes together in post. You really can't stage or plan a lot of that stuff beforehand because you're just kind of gathering whatever people can throw at you. So I kind of understand why they had Mm -hmm. to, keep this one a little more straightforward. He did do that a little bit though. He he did, but they just didn't lean not into it. And it was, yet. it was because he gave that hint that like, Oh yeah, two drinks, you know, like he's, <laughs> he's not quite <laughs> yeah. as on board. I thought they were really going to go far with that. Right. And that, that could have been that second gear. That could have been a little bit more hilarious. So high marks. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I just, I wish they hadn't teased us with maybe what it could have mm-hmm. been in a regular SNL episode where they right. have so much more that they can draw on to pull these together and make them epic. Yeah. And overall, Fun, relatable sketch. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Next up, we learned how to get bouncy waves with PJ Chart. A Kristen Wiig sketch, a Kristen Wiig character. Steve, what did you think? This was so fun. It was all anchored by this very simple idea of just waving hair in the camera. It was very surprisingly invasive. I was surprised by how effective this was. I found myself kind of yeah, spitting hair out of my <laughs> mouth because it felt like it was just getting in there and all over my face and my eyes. So yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, you don't, you you definitely see this kind of thing on YouTube and these these online shows. Uh, definitely not to this extent. It's certainly exaggerated, but not all that far off. Mm-hmm. And I think they nailed the personality, both Kristen and Cecily. <laughs> And it took a really funny turn, you know, the, the amount of respect she has for real hair that she can't even laugh at <laughs> some fake standing like pasta. So this mm-hmm. was, this was a fun ride. John, did you have fun with this one too? Oh, I had so much fun with this. I feel like this sketch along with the monologue is starting to say very clearly that there's an element running through this show that is very like drug fueled psychotic. <laughs> Like almost like surreal and dreamlike. And well, we get that very overtly coming up in a little bit, but we get a lot of this material that 
it, it it feels like someone that is on some kind of a bender. Like you're you're kind of just taking in the sensory overload. And for what it's worth, I thought it was really really effective it, as as a head scratcher, as something that just makes you go, "What the hell was that?" And just like go on this ride and not have any idea where these psychotic characters are, are going to break at. It was a lot of fun. So it, it was neat to to watch it and uh, have Kristen go from spastic, almost like cocaine addled to this Mm -hmm. black and white, like very sober and serious PSA before she shows the meme, (laughs) you know, (laughs) worried that people are going to bust their stitches over this because she thinks it's just the greatest thing ever. Like that kind of chaotic highs and lows just makes this feel like very bipolar, very, yeah, Mm -hmm. just very spazzy. And uh, it was working. It was working really well. The editing really, really helps because you are able to cut back to a really stark look and just really turn this into something yeah, a, a lot more intense than I think maybe they were even expecting when they did it. Yeah, so that sort of roller coaster mm-hmm. feeling that you get that you thought you were feeling good about, <laughs> I was that didn't take me as well. That was sort of a thing that I didn't love about. There it. are good and bad drug trips, and I yes, I wouldn't fault are. anyone for maybe yeah breaking the other way on this. Yeah, and <laughs> as you've alluded to, we're definitely going to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this sort of up and down made me feel like it was a little less focused than it could have been. Hmm. But I liked it. It's Kristen Wig being Kristen Wig wearing a wig. And I it was funny. It was a good visual gag. And I I enjoyed what was happening, but I do feel like some of those ups and downs could have been maybe tighter or less extreme or something just to keep the pace of it. Hmm. it didn't didn't quite work as well for me as it did for you. Okay. I thought the extreme nature of it is what worked. And that's why this emotional devastation at the end where she just has, again, this kind of like bipolar break and mm-hmm. turns on her friend, you know, and I don't right. think I need to talk to you anymore. And that just like yeah. cuts her out of her life just so abruptly. Like it needs to be kind of extreme for that to, mm-hmm. I don't know, land. At least that's, that's Fair. how I was taking it. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it's because for me, I was enjoying the joke being more the eighties and the Keenans and their interactions. Mm. And, and then Kristen Wig, you know, being Kristen Wig in between and leading sure. the sketch. I guess I wanted the focus to be more on that than those ups and downs. So that, I guess that's why I feel it was kind of out of focus because they did a little bit of both. Okay. I yeah. hear you. You're wrong, but I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, mixed reviews on PJ chart. <laughs> Our last sketch of the night, Cecily dreams of returning to a normal New York. And I'm going to lead this one as our resident New Yorker and say that, you know, same Cecily, same. Mm. Uh, this one really um, made me emotional. I got a little misty-eyed, and I was laughing, too. They had some little jokes in there, but this one was certainly meant to be sentimental, and they achieved that well for me, and I can't wait. I never thought I'd say I wanted to go to Times Square and appreciate (laughs) being here, but here we are, and uh, it's strange times, and I like this sentimental turn. This one really worked for me. Steve, what did you think? I thought it was great. It really show the personalities of each and every cast member they clearly had input as as to what their dream would be and i really liked that it didn't make the most conceptually seamless uh sequence of of shots and 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 ideas there but you know it showed every cast member for who they were and i think that is really what sold it and the production quality was so good like after just seeing what we saw with you know, Kyle <laughs> just throwing it away. Yeah. yeah. Throwing everything together with such abandon like this. 
you know, was actually quite convincing at times. You know, I really felt like Keenan was hanging out with Tootsie there. I mean, <laughs> that's a weird dream to have and a weird thing to long for in quarantine. But hey, he's been on the show long enough. Let's give it to him. <laughs> and for some people like Bowen and uh, and Alex and, and some other faces we didn't see throughout the episode, it was nice for them to at least have a moment in this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. John, what were your thoughts? Well, I'm going to second what you had to say. Uh, not as a native New Yorker, but typically right around this time of year, I'm hopping on a plane to go on my annual pilgrimage to Rockefeller Center to attend the finale. This was the moment where it kind of sunk in that, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. I was feeling that too. That crazy city, as obnoxious as some of the touristy areas of it can be, it's an easy place to miss. And mm-hmm. uh, I was certainly ready to to come back and uh, do the whole SNL thing again. And uh, that's not going to be happening for a while. So uh, I was feeling this. I enjoyed the little peekins on the cast. I thought that, you know, they, they really tried to create nice little vignettes. They were pulling in footage from Sad Mouse. If you guys noticed, like a lot of the footage from Times Square was from uh, a Michael Bryan piece from, I think, uh, maybe season 39, 40, somewhere oh. in there. I just, yeah, I feel like they, they wanted to just say something touching about the city that they're mm-hmm. in, but they're not getting to experience. And they're realizing that that daily grind that makes you not really appreciate the fact that you live in the center of the world and mm-hmm. you've got all this stuff at your fingertips, uh, you know, like the museum of natural history and, uh, all the other little places that we peek in on, you don't miss it till it's gone, you know, or it's at arm's reach and, and you just can't, uh, you just can't have it for a little while. I think they're feeling it. I was feeling it. Obviously you were feeling it. So I think this definitely worked at that level. It was felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a touching little tribute to something that we're all feeling in New York or not, but especially for the show being such a New York institution Mm -hmm. and a really touching way to sort of end the show and the season. Yeah. Steve, what was the moment of the night? I'm going to give it to the passed out kid. (laughs) <laughs> I think we all know it was a kid taking a nap and their mom or dad just snuck that bottle under the arm, but it was such a convincing visual. <laughs> that was the real beauty of it was all the, the shots they had of children with alcohol. And that was my favorite of them all. Great. John, what's your moment? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to jump right back to the beginning of the show and I'm going to give it to the moment in the monologue where Kristen Wiig says, I want to end this monologue with a a lullaby that my mom used to (laughs) say to me. And then she goes into this over the top, uh, like Liza Minnelli-esque show tune to the rafters. (laughs) And she, you know, claps herself out at the end. And it's just this cymbal clash of obnoxious in your face noise. And I think that's such a, a dumb and brilliant joke all at the same time. And it makes me appreciate what Kristen Wiig does really well. And she just went you know, from extremes, you know, she started with this bizarre sixties hipster jazz kind of musical thing to kick things off. And then she slows it down and ropes us in and makes us think that we're going to get all schmaltzy for mother's day. And (laughs) then she throws us another curve and she's just delivering it all with aplomb and she's a real performer and it's just something I enjoy seeing. And so that nice little capper that she delivered so sincerely. (laughs) Yeah. It was just a really, really fun mother's day moment on the show and uh, really worked. Yeah. So my moment was 
in that dreams sketch where we discovered that this is going to be a, a sentimental goodbye to the season. Mm-hmm. Like I've said a hundred times, I like it when the show does a sentimental thing. Obviously, if they did it too much, it wouldn't work. Yeah. But they do it sparingly enough that I really, really like it when they do. And it's nice as we tie up a season to have a nice little sentiment of this is the end and a sense of finality. Sure. And so I'm going to give it to that moment when I sort of realized that's what they were doing. Fair enough. Good one. All right. Best sketch. Steve, what was it? Well, no one's going to like me for this, but I'm giving it to beer money (laughs) (laughs) because. Well, you're wrong, but continue. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to be wrong. And that's exactly why I picked it because there's something wrong with me. And this is the kind of stuff that speaks to me. So I don't know what that's saying about me, but (laughs) hey, these are my sensibilities. And for some reason, I really respond to the stuff that just makes no sense. Maybe because the world doesn't make any sense to me. And this is this is where I feel more comfortable in Kyle's fever dream state. And I think that's where I want to live in a world where it's just a bunch of Kyle clones men and women alike (laughs) all just being Kyle awkwardly stammering at me and you know we're all robbing banks together that sounds like my America man you really sold it you know what you really like bumped it up a whole point in my mind just with that synopsis (laughs) because that that does sum up really nicely what does work about it it's just yeah a bunch of Kyle clones Mm. just doing Kyle stuff in a Kyle (laughs) way and yeah that's charming okay you know what You, you won me over it, it's not getting my vote, but it, it definitely <laughs> is going to have a much warmer place in my my memory because of how you sold that. Yeah. Thank you. Steve, you might want to take some of that to your therapist. No. <laughs> just just to throw that. Yeah. I'm just going to play that sketch to my counselor and be like, so what does this say about me? <laughs> uh, John, what was your sketch of the night? I'm going with the, the hair YouTube vlogger PJ Chart and her spastic bipolar mind games with her guests (laughs) that sketch i think elicited some of the best laughs for me out of the night maybe it's just Kristen wig when used sparingly is a win maybe it's that it took a little dark turn at the end and i I saw her just cut her friend deep and she has no remorse and you realize in that moment that she very well may be psychotic like there's (laughs) just there was a lot in that that really tickled the darker aspects of my comedic sensibilities. Just the, the stupidity of the initial joke that they built it all around this idea that she's just way too close in camera. And she just thinks that hair is what's going to sell her, her little vlog channel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was just a quirky, weird, dark little thing that came out of left field that I wasn't expecting. And it, it really paid off for me. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to give my best sketch to uh, let kids drink. Mm-hmm. I think it was a really nice, fun, light, high energy thing at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. That's the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right choice. Yeah. Thank you. Finally. But yeah, it was fun. It worked. It's shareable. You know, I I can't think of a lot of people that I could show that to that aren't going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it was just an overall really high marked win for me. So mm-hmm. that's what it is. All right. Up next, Steve, who's the MVP for our season 45 finale? I think I would like to give it to Keenan this time around. I enjoyed everything he brought to the show. I think he was the anchor in some of the greater sketches. He was great as the preacher. He was great as the game show host. This was, you know, a time that we needed someone 
with Keenan skills, the Keenan reacts. This is what's going to be working very well in zoom oriented sketches. And I think he adds a lot of life that you might lose when you separate your cast. He's such a great driving force of the show. He really showed that this time around. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm also going to give it to Keenan. He was really, really present in this episode and he was really nailing the parts that he was there for. Like you said, he was yeah. leading a lot of sketches and also those moments where um, he wasn't leading, like in the PJ Chart sketch, his character was my favorite part of it. So I think he was all over this and he was doing a great job as Keenan does. And he's my MVP. So you're saying I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, that feels good for once. Yeah. John, who is your MVP? Oh, this is Cecily's night. She was all over the show. <laughs> Fair. She got the sentimental 10 to one. She was kind of the anchor yep. in that, even though, you know, the whole cast kind of, they all got their moment. She was kind of what surrounded the whole piece. She was Janine Pirro. She was in a whole bunch of other stuff. She was in that uh, Kristen Wig hair blogger thing that I enjoyed. She was ever present. She was barely in the first at home edition. And by the third edition, she's really, yeah, holding, holding her own and, and heavily featured and doing some of the best performance work. Like even if we didn't think Janine Pirro worked super great in that format, you can't fault the impression. You can't right. fault the performance, the energy she brought to it. Uh, she was doing some heavy lifting and some serious work this week. I, I think there's a nod in there. All right. Well, we won't fault you for not making it unanimous, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, if I was to pick another, I considered Cecily too. So can't yeah. fault you on that. All right. Well, here we go. On a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck, how would you rate this episode? Steve? I'm going to give it a great because I thought this was a, a lot of fun and they've really learned as they went throughout these, uh, these three episodes. So they've taken everything from the last two that worked, you know, the editing skills that has been put to use the, uh, the green screen, all the stitching together that has evolved really makes this transcend. I wouldn't give it the classic status that I gave the first one because this is almost like the new normal after we've gotten a few of them, but still it was, it was very enjoyable and I think it had a lot of great moments to deserve at least a great rating. Yeah, I agree. I'm also going to give it a great, I think it was a really strong episode, even though, you know, sort of those last few, I had some negative things to say, but the rest of it was really working for me. There wasn't a ton here that I didn't like. I thought they had some really strong material and they've done a lot of figuring out this at home thing. And it was a really good episode. Definitely a strong finale. We wish it would have been live, but we got what we got. I think it was great. John? I'm going with decent. I think this was the most ambitious at home edition that they've tried. And I think it was the best looking edition mm -hmm. that they've come up with. Uh, so I think that we got a scale and a scope to everything that really needs to be applauded hard. But I think the harder you try to make it awesome visually, sometimes the less you get in that rough around the edges charm, right. which um, just makes the other ones have a warmer place in my heart for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first one had a quaintness to it. Yeah. So I think it loses a little bit something in that way, because when you venture too close to the production values that you would get on a real SNL, then it just starts to feel like, 
a really weirdly produced SNL rather than a feat of at home, mm-hmm. you know, broadcasting. So I just, I kind of feel like maybe they flew too close to the sun <laughs> in a way, <laughs> but that's not to downplay the efforts here because everyone was doing great and they found a lot of good humor in a lot of these pieces. But I feel like we've seen the best in this format when it was a little raw and when people were just kind of figuring it out. The other thing that I think maybe knocks it down a bit is I was really worried after they did the first one that there wasn't going to be that much left to say about coronavirus, that everything that people wanted SNL to comment on maybe was said in the first one, but then they came back with fury on the second one and showed that, no, you know, there's a lot more we can do with this format and a lot more we can say. And it, the second one felt really good because they knocked two out of the park in a row. And that always feels good, especially when they've got these handicaps with this one. I feel like maybe we crested, maybe there just wasn't as much to say, and they didn't have all their a material and Kristen wig as great as she was to pull in. And she really carried her parts. I just don't think that there was that much more for them to, to say about Corona that was really as satisfying as the first two outings. So I think we had our least impactful material blended with a production that is starting to look so good that you're almost not grading it on the same curve as right. the, the, the charming one-off a product of its time kind of versions that we got over the last couple of weeks. So very conflicted that way. But I think the end result for me is that it was decent. It was worth turning into and uh, there was definitely some fun to be had, but it just, yeah, didn't feel like they, they recaptured the glory of last week. Yeah. You know, that first week we gave it a unanimous classic. Right. It was, How it could was it a feat. Be? It was charming. It was quaint and it was really good. You can't do that every week. So. It's true. It's true. But all things considered, this little experiment in quarantine SNL, I think was a, a triumphant success. Like oh, I think yeah. that they showed that Very they pleased. can still produce some, some really good comedy. And there's a lot of conversation to be had about this. Like mm-hmm. we, we're coming up on two hours here. We could talk all night about just the the bizarre nature of this production and the neat things that they're able to do with it and dig really deep. So, I mean, there, there's a story here and it's fascinating and there's so much good to take away. I just don't think this is the top of the heap, but yeah, they can't all be. That's fair. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Steve Finn and John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, Aaron Intrader, Donald Yates, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever app you prefer to listen on. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back soon to cover some fun SNL-related topics as voted on by our listeners. If you'd like to suggest a topic, contact us at snlpodcast.com or find us on social media at snlpodcast. But until then, this has been episode number 109 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) 